Now, we've been talking about the symbols of the Holy Spirit. Man, I just love this because, I don't know, there's become a, such a desperateness in our lives, especially at this season. There is such a desperateness in our lives to know, to understand. See, and see, He is the truth-giving Spirit. And He reveals the things that are to come. And so that's the desire in us to hear Him. That, that, that's in you to, to understand, to know. That, see, that's, that's our desire to know Him. Because He is the truth giver. He's the one that reveals the future. He's the one that tells us how to react to storms. And He's the one that tells us to get out of that boat and walk on the water. I mean, I mean, the Holy Spirit is all so full of direction for all of our lives. And God knows it has to be on that level. <laughs> it has to be. The, the, some of the ways of the world won't flow, won't work for us anymore. So this morning, we're going to talk about another. We've talked about the, the symbol of the dove, and we've talked about the all of the anointing of the Lord from the Holy Spirit. We've talked about the fire, the passion that burns in us. We've talked about the wind of the Holy Spirit last Sunday. But this Sunday, we're going to talk about the breath of God. Now, out of all the symbols of the Holy Spirit things that teach me things about the Holy Spirit, this is probably the most important to me. Because this is the one that I wake up in the morning desperate know, to know every day of our life. Every time you walk into a situation, there's a desperateness in you to hear the voice of God. To some way to allow that breath of God to speak to your heart, to give you a direction, a path. See, because the wind of the Spirit, which we learned last week, the wind of the Spirit is always blowing. <laughs> there, is never a, there is never a quiet moment. Somebody just told me after I preached the last service here just a few moments ago, when they come to me and they said, Jerry, do you know how much the air weighs in the room that you're in? I said, we have no idea. But that Chuck, he always comes up with that kind of stuff. He said the air weighs about seven to 8,000 pounds. So it's heavy. It's weighty. And he went on to describe to him, he said, when they design skyscrapers, they always have to consider the amount, the weight of the air that's in an elevator for them to build and erect that skyscraper. Well, see, God a long time ago said His presence is weighty, man. But He's weighty with more than just pounds. When the Bible reveals us the weightiness of God, He's weighted down with good things. Man, he's a good God that's got a lot of treasure. <laughs> ah, he comes into our lives weighted down. There's, there's nothing in your life that, that could be going on that the Holy Spirit does not have an answer for. I don't care whether it's to marry the right person or <laughs> I started to say get out of the wrong person, but that's not what we're looking for, is it? But <laughs> But God's got the answers for every dilemma of life. Uh, and, and the only problems that we have is when we try to do it. We're not able to do it. Uh, you understand? We're not able to figure out our own life. I mean, we all want to be that smart guy that can twirl it and drive in in our convertible car and, and get out and slam the door and act like we've got it all together. <laughs> Listen, you're a wreck like everybody else. I mean, we can't do that. See, that's why God, you remember right back, Genesis chapter 2 and 3, remember him, 
into Adam because Adam couldn't do it. You understand? Adam could not do it. It took the breath of God in Adam's life for Adam to be able to do it. And that's the way it is in all of our lives. The only thing the world don't recognize it. When you become a believer, immediately you recognize it. Whoa, I've got to have more. And so, once we come to the Lord and, and, and get our name written down in heaven and, and get everything ready to go for His heaven when we die, then the next thing is, oh Lord, what am I going to do here? And God says, you need my breath. And so, God comes to us and He offers this, this wonderful, powerful, <laughs> unbelievable experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And to where God, literally in our life... See, because Blake, Adam's job was pretty heavy. All he had to do was take care of the garden, and the garden was almost as big as the world. Ours is a big garden. And all he had to do was take care of it and tend it. What that means, nurture it, help it, guard it, keep it. That was a hard task. And literally, at that, he had no power. He wasn't able. And whatever it is God's called you to do, it was part of the assignment was you can't do it. You understand, part of the requirements and what God wanted you to do, part of that requirement was you can't do it. Because God drew in His design for your life, your need for Him. And so life in the natural, all that God needs out of us is God just needs a flesh body. You understand, that's all He needs. That's all He needs from us is our flesh bodies. We're yielding ourselves to Him as, as a temple of the Lord. So all he needs is us. And then at that moment, literally, 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 we can assign all the difficult tasks and all the difficult decisions and all the things that we don't know what to do. We can assign that all into the Lord's department. And so he came to Adam. He said, Adam, you can't do it. Now, Adam, something miracle happened. The Bible says Adam became. Uh, It said God breathed the very breath of life into him. God breathed himself into Adam and Adam became so Adam was something before he became but I I take Adam as a whole lot the way I was without God trying to live life and unable to live life without him but then what God did he came to all of our lives didn't he And, and that's what the wonderful infilling of the Holy Spirit it equips us It equips us. It equips us to handle whatever it is that we have to handle. It it equips us, man. I can do this, man. I can do this, you know. I can do this. I can do do this. I can handle this. Because the Holy Spirit in me is Him. Now, in the Bible, in chapter, in the book of Luke's, Chapter two. And what's so good about the book of Acts? Now, I, I keep ringing, I trying to ring this because it's so important to understand. Jesus' life, you can't live it without the Holy Spirit. You understand? Uh, that's the way you form dead religion. Because what you do, you pick out about four verses of the Gospels and you try your best to live them. And then all the other several hundred, you kind of move those to the side and excuse yourself for it. But see, God expected us to be able to live the whole. That's why, see, Jesus showed us what life is. He revealed to us what life is to a person that's filled full of the Holy Spirit. 
That's why Jesus could do such exploits. That's why He handled life so differently. That's why prayer was so powerful with Him. That's why not only did He have enough gusto for Him, but He had enough gusto to give others. It's because He was revealing to us. That's why Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is the life that can be lived for a person that is filled with the Holy Spirit and that will use that infilling in the right ways of life. So it, it is revealed to it there. All right. Then the book of Acts tells you what you missed. Why we can't do it. Hey, God is always so smart, isn't He? God always shows us we can't. Uh, anybody been to that school lately? God always reveals to us and shows us that we can't. And then He comes and shows us what we need to do it. <laughs> Somebody says, man, I tried that and it wouldn't work. Well, stage one is over. You ready stage two? That's just stage one you can, for God to reveal to us. You can't do it. Though so I always try to get up on God when immediately God says, do something. I say, I can't do it. There's no need of me going through a lot of failure, God, because I already know I failed before. I can't do it. So, so I'm just ready. Stage two. <laughs> Power Holy Spirit, come. <laughs> God, do what I can't do. Man, and the Holy Spirit, you know, he's he's always just like that one, that guy that's the uh, trainer in the uh, uh, in the boxing match. He's the guy that's always slapping you. Get back in battle. Get over there, boy. He's going to pour the water on you, telling you, putting you back. And see, because so many times in life, that's what we all want to do. We want to pull over and stop. We get tired, but the Holy Spirit never gets tired. (laughs) Amen. If I'm depending on the Holy Spirit. The Holy, the, I get discouraged, I get down, but you know what? The Holy Spirit never gets discouraged, never gets down. Whatever you're going through, honey, He is not discouraged over your battle at all. He can handle it. And so the more that we realize that we just allow the, the Holy Spirit that was given to us for that very reason, the Holy Spirit that was given to us for that very reason, the more we realize, wow, I just want to yield to you, and that is the secret. So the wind of the Spirit is born. Now, the word uh, breath, the word wind, and the word spirit, the word that you read in your Bible, Holy Spirit, is, is two, one or two words, according to whether you read the Old Testament or New Testament. If you read the New Testament, it's the word pneuma. If you read the Old Testament, it's the word raw. But they primarily have the same exact meaning. They mean breath, they mean wind, and they mean spirit. Those three things that it means. Now, and, and, but it literally means it's out of the origin of the word, moving wind, or, or a moving breath. It's always moving. You've got to know that the Holy Spirit is always moving. I, I want you to realize that because this. Are you being resisted in your life? See, as long as I'm flowing with the Holy Spirit, got my sail up. As long as I got my sail up saying, Lord, you carry me where you want me to go. I'm trusting you. You got the sail up. But what happens if you're going your way? Doing your thing. Without asking God about it. What's happening? You're going against the wind. Anybody ever done that before? The same Holy Spirit that was given to us to propel us now begins to resist us. I uh, I told this example in the last service. Didn't tell in the first service this morning. The last service I did that Dr. Braden had had a son, and I remember here several years ago, 
they were concerned their son had left somewhere in uh, along the Gulf Coast and was and was in a sailboat, a small sailboat, going to Hawaii in it. And all of a sudden, it got out and wind stopped. Got right in the middle of the ocean and the wind just ceased. And he could not do anything. For two weeks, he sat there. He could not make his boat move. Family became concerned. They became concerned. There he is, out stuck in the middle of the ocean. And no wind. I'm going to tell you, that's a hard place to be. But what you got to know, if you feel stuck, honey, the wind of the Spirit, the, for it to be the word, Spirit, breath, and wind, it means a moving wind. The Holy Spirit is always moving. So if you feel stuck where you are, what you've got to do is to get the sail up and stop. I, I, say, I said this way earlier. I said, either going to be a sail or a post. I mean, a post is going to stand its ground, bless God. It's going to work. No, it's not. You're resisting the wind. You're resisting. You're resisting the very thing that God gives you to propel you to get you there. And see, we all of us are on our own ships, right? That's what we're told in the Bible, that we're on our ships. So, so I'm totally dependent on the moving air of the Holy Spirit. Next Sunday, kids, I want you to do something. I'm going to be talking about the Holy Spirit again. And I want you, everybody, to make the, the best paper airplane you can make, okay? I want you to bring it. And, and we're, we're going to find a wind current that's out of this world, all right? So I want you to bring it, and we're going to have some fun in it next Sunday. But, but anyway, it's just so important. The Bible said in Acts chapter 2, verse, chapter, verse, chapter 2, verse 2, said, And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now I want you to notice what happens. Immediately when a person is filled with the Spirit, their life immediately goes supernatural. Do you see that? you see that from the Scripture? That when a person is filled with the Holy Spirit, the immediate response is, it immediately, it goes to a supernatural. In fact, I, I called this message today how to be a man of the supernatural. Because the way God has so used this is that immediately when a person is filled with the Spirit, the doorway to the supernatural becomes the natural way to live. Our dependency on God goes up and our dependency on the world goes down, man. Don't bend on you. I said earlier, you know, I don't depend on politics to change us. But I do trust in politicians hearing the voice of God. And they would allow the breath of God to be their wind in their sail. Amen? So it's so important about see see everything is dependent on their breath. Now I told you that 
it's important that I learn to assist God in what He's doing. Not to resist God. Not to choose. I'm out of the driver's seat, man. If you've got that little bumper sticker that says, nobody has bumper stickers anymore, right? If you used to have the bumper sticker, you used to be wrong, all right? If you used to have the bumper sticker that says, God's my co-pilot, or get out of the driver's seat, you're going to wreck you and God. <laughs> Those are not your decisions. Those have become God's decisions in your life. What we are told to do is to learn to develop an ear that will hear the whispers of His breath. That's what God is. So if I'm going to allow myself to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit, if I'm going to use the wind that God has created and made available to me and offers to me to get me to my destination or get me to my healing or get me to my deliverance or get me to the right relationship or God to work out whatever it is whatever it is I'm going to depend on the Lord to do it I'm going to have to allow Him the decision making process and that I'm going to have to learn to hear the whispers of his breath. You remember, remember what I said? Remember the word ruah means moving air. And see, that's why you see you take the thoughts of God, combine them with the breath of God. It becomes the word of God that's able to change my whole life. So God wants me to live my life underneath this awesome opportunity. (laughs) Say, God, do you know about that? Oh yeah, I know about that, Jerry. (laughs) I know about that. God, how about this over here? Do you know about that? I I know about that, Jerry. I know about that. So the Lord begins to work in our life. When men become supernatural, the book of Job, chapter 33, verse 4, it says, The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. His breath causes my life to live. His whisper into my life causes my life to live. Amen. The Bible says in John chapter 3 verse 6 that the flesh can produce only human life. I've lived that one, done that one. But the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. That's eternal. Lives forever. Amen. Jesus, that's why there in John chapter 20, He breathed on them. He said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Wow. God, your breath. 
can change my whole life, can't they? Amen. The breath of God speaks to you. In Genesis chapter 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That was verse 1. Then verse 2. It says, the earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. And our butt. And you find something's dark. You find something that's void and empty. Immediately the Holy Spirit shows up. Spirit is full of breath <laughs> to bring to life again whatever has died. So in the very beginning, God shows that, that the need for the breath or the wind or the Spirit of God. All three of those words interchange. When you think about the Spirit of God or the heart of God, you national, they're talking about the wind of God blowing in my life. And then naturally, I know you're talking about the breath of God talking to me. Because see, the breath of God has the power to change everything. Because immediately here, the little scenario that took place is... The Spirit of God, the breath of God, or the wind of God was flowing over that which was void, which means chaotic. Full of chaos. Anybody feel like your life's kind of full of chaos? How many got some chaotic kids? <laughs> How many of you kids got some chaotic parents, man? I know that was... That's rough and tough, you know? Chaos. Well, do I go to the doctor today or do I go to the doctor tomorrow? Why do you think about that? Do I call? I do a call. I mean, it's just all this chaos. But God's Spirit always moves. You know, the Bible says we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. As a believer, if we break through and we're filled with the Spirit of God, and you're going to have to break through it, man. Flesh don't want it to happen. Flesh wants to resist it. Jesus, but when Jesus spoke that, he spoke to 500 people. 120 of them was able to get through their flesh to be there waiting for the Holy Spirit. Uh, that's not real good odds. That's not 50-50, is it? Out of 500 that he spoke to, he said, your life won't be complete without the filling of the Holy Spirit. You believe in me. I've risen from the dead. He said, but now you need to be filled though so your life can move to my level. And so he spoke that to 500 people. But only 120 of them. Well, I'm sure 100 of them said, you know, that's embarrassing. I don't want to be in one of those guys, you know. I don't want to be considered in that group. I'll just go and listen to Brother Jerry, but I don't want to be considered in that group. But 120 of them had a hunger for God. 
120 of them went and waited till breath came. <laughs> and it filled them full. Amen. Now I said that we were sealed with the Holy Spirit. There's such a powerful promise there. The word seal, what it means that it has been thoroughly inspected. It means that. It means that God Himself has looked in to what He's sealing with and He's fully inspected it and He's determined it is sufficient. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, God the Father has thoroughly inspected what He's called you to, what He's called you from, what He's called you to join to, what He's called you to be. He's fully inspected all of those. Then He said the Holy Spirit is genuine and it will be effective in helping you to do it for the glory of God. That's why the greatest thing. That, that's why see, see, see the, you know, I, I'm satisfied with a lot of things that the Holy Spirit won't be satisfied with. Anybody ever feel that gnawing of the Holy Spirit going on in your life? Well, well Lord, it was just a little white light. You know, I really didn't mean to. I just exaggerated. <laughs> I, I, I just, I just exaggerated. You know, Lord, it was just one curse word. One. Think all the good words I said. You know, are. Lord, I'll be a good Christian. I just can't answer your call. But when we said sealed, what he meant? That when you get tired and you want to pull over on the side of the road and wait, the Holy Ghost in you won't let you wait, man. <laughs> and when you get discouraged, and you say, God, I'm ready to throw in the towel. The Holy Ghost just won't let you get that way. He said, get up, boy. Get back into that fight. I'm strong enough to handle that devil for you. For the glory of God. Man, we're sealed. Bow down to the day of redemption. Because when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, man, you have someone on your side that won't quit until you win this day. For the glory of God in Jesus' name. Amen. That's why when a person is filled or sealed by the meaning, you don't you don't really have to worry about them anymore. Because the Holy Spirit in them will not stop until they finally get there. That Holy Spirit inside them. So I just want to encourage you. So there there it was. On the Genesis chapter one. The world was a mess. Your world's a mess sometimes. The world was a mess. But God came by His Holy Spirit. He <laughs> started just growing into all the chaos. The thought of God combined with the breath of God and then in verse 3, God said, Let there be. The and it's never went back to that state again. Because the breath of God has the power to change everything in our life. Praise God. Let's stand together.